1: Live. Yes, folks. A rare Friday night. However, we got wrestling revisited for Friday, December the second, 2016. Welcome to episode number 53. I am your host, The Iceman, Jared Dzurall. With me tonight is King NWO Drawer T Smith, and we are taking our actions to the early part of TLC weekend, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, as we are usually on Tuesday nights, but because of circumstances that happened over the past week, however, and because of other issues, however, that have gone crazy with the Christmas holiday just around the corner, we've decided for one night and one night only for you Friday night viewers, however, to start your weekend off with a bang, however, because usually around this time you hear the Women's Revolution show. Well, tonight, folks, the Women's Revolution has been preempted due to a Unforeseen circumstances, but tonight, folks, sit back, put up your feet, however, and just kick back with a cold one in your hand, and get ready to listen to us here for the next hour or so, as we will be giving you our wrestling revisited moment one seven two four 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 seventy forty four Call ID 139926 two six pound. you can talk to us right now. And tonight, however, my Doc Brown to the Marty McFly of yours truly here, me, has another great moment in time, however, and we will tell you what that moment is right now as Doc is ready to give us our moment tonight. Doc, what have we got on the table tonight?
0: Well, we're going back to, I think this is the first table, ladders, and chairs, 2009. Am I correct?
1: Yes, I believe it is correct. Yes, I believe that's exactly when it happened. Yes, and it's only fitting, however, that TLC started – it was actually – yes, it was the very first one, and it happened – Actually, back on December 13th, 2009, of course, it was held in the legendary city of San Antonio, Texas at the legendary AT&T Center. And it's only fitting, however, how appropriate it is, however, that in less than a month from now, however, oddly enough, however, they'll be hosting the Royal Rumble, believe it or not, for the first time in 20 years. So San Antonio has seen a lot of great moments over the years, of course. As you know, it is the home of one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Mr. Russell May, the Heartbreak Kid, the showstopper, the main event. He's all those things. Mr. Shawn Michaels of The Click and, of course, of D-Generation X. We will tell you more about that as we go along right now. Of course, there was a pretty good crowd on this night. However, it was held back on December thirteenth, two 2009, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, two days before my birthday, believe it or not, in 2009, as I was actually turning 20... I was 22 at the time, so I was about two days shy from turning 23, so there you go. Uh, 15,226 were held into the AT&T Center, of course. Here it is six years later, ladies and gentlemen. We're going into 2016, however, and this is actually not the sixth year, my mistake, last year was the sixth year. This year's the seventh year, so we will tell you right now what exactly went down, however, as we will break it down for you, X's and O's. So with that being said, let's turn it over to the man himself, Doc Brown himself. Doc, what was our opening match up here tonight?
0: The opening match was R-Truth defeated CM Punk. With Luke Gallows in a singles match. Eight minutes and 12 seconds.
1: Yes, and this was your pre-show warm-up. Of course, CM Punk, as you know, will later go on to become the longest-term WWE World's Heavyweight Champion at the time. Our truth of course, uh, coming back from TNA after uh, being in TNA for quite some time, of course. He was also known as K-Quick at one time, and how funny is Luke? P- uh, we had Luke Gallis and CM Punk on the same side together. Of course, they were forming a group known at that time as the Straight Edge Society, a very interesting way to kick things off, however, here on the pre-show, if you ask me. Uh, your thoughts about this opening matchup?
0: Uh, I thought it was really good.
1: Yes. I thought it was good too. I mean, it's very interesting of course you had uh two guys who uh know each other so well, of course as we mentioned our truth has now gone on to bigger and better things. CM Punk of course the same can be said for him trying his luck in the ultimate fight championship if you will, UFC if you will. Last I heard, I think it was just uh, a few days ago, William really, or not, there was talk that he might be having his next UFC fight maybe possibly early part of January, maybe early next year. We're not sure exactly when. Our Truth, of course, has gone on to bigger and better things, as you know, teaming up with the bizarre one, Goldust, a.k.a. Dustin Rolls, the son of the nature boy, uh, excuse me, not nature boy, the son of the uh, American dream, if you will, Dusty Rhodes, if you will. And they have formed a team called the Golden Truth, if you will. So that was very interesting, to say the least. Uh, what do we got next?
0: Uh. Later match for the ECW Championship it was 18 minutes 5 seconds. It was Christian, the champion, defeated Sheldon Benjamin.
1: Yes, and talking about Sheldon Benjamin, we have talked about Sheldon Benjamin in the past. As you know, Sheldon Benjamin, as you know, uh, of course, there has been some talk he might be uh, coming back to the WWE at some point early next year. At one point, we thought he was going to be back this summer. Of course, an injury, unfortunately hinder those chances. Christian, of course, no longer a part of the WWE, but of course a multiple-time tag team champion. He, of course, was also at one time the ECW world champion, as you mentioned here. Uh, To me, this was a pretty good opener, if you ask me. Uh, Your thoughts about this one?
0: Yeah, I thought it was really good. Christian and Sheldon Benjamin are great athletes. I thought they did a great job.
1: And as we mentioned last night, ladies and gentlemen, on uh, Revolution, of course, what you can hear in the next hour or so, caller ID 138055 pounds We talked about possibly Sheldon Benjamin making a return to the WWE. It could happen as early as next year sometime, maybe, uh, being a manager slash sidekick of American Alpha, the team of Chad Gable and Jason Jordan. We'll just have to wait and see if that happens. Christian, of course, as you know, has gone on to bigger and better things. As you know, managing now. Uh, his own life, if you will, of course, him and his partner Edge, of course, have the WWE Network special, the Edge and Christian show, which has been a very good show on the WWE Network, let's just say. And it's just about to start its third year, I believe, coming up in a few weeks now. So we'll have to wait and see how that happens. All right, what do we got next?
0: Singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It was 10 minutes and 19 seconds. It was Drew McIntyre defeated John Morrison.
1: Yes, and Drew McIntyre, we know, is the chosen one at one time, now known as Drew Galloway in TNA John Morrison, uh, of course, at the time, the IC champion, of course, the Tuesday Night Delight, the Shaman of Sexy, the Guru of Greatness, as he calls him, all those things. Uh, There was talk and has been talk that he might be returning as well. McIntyre, of course, uh, recently uh, got into a scrape, if you will, with Finn Balor, the former NXT and WWE first-ever Universal Champion a few weeks ago in Scotland. Um, We'll have to wait and see if... uh McIntyre will uh, be uh, getting into a program anytime soon with Fowler. Uh, I would doubt that highly, but Morrison. There has been talk he might be returning. Of course, Morrison also went on a team with later on down the road with a guy by the name of The Miz, Mike The Miz, Mizan, as we all know as he is. However, uh, your thoughts about this matchup?
0: Uh, I thought it was uh, pretty good. I, you know, I was a big fan of John Morrison and Drew McIntyre. Kinda of grew on me until the end there until he left, but uh I like John Morrison a little bit better.
1: Yes. Do you think we could see John Morrison back in the WWE possibly early next year, do you believe? Uh maybe. Yeah, it's possible. It's very possible. We'll have to wait and see. Um, we'll definitely keep our eyes and ears on that. Uh, don't forget, ladies You know, a quick reminder uh, coming up this Sunday, hour at 5 p.m., Hour, we'll start you off with tables, ladders, and chairs in a big way, however, with a very special pre show of the revolution show, of course, the panel the way too tough to handle, one three eight oh five five pound will be giving their predictions and maybe a better two might be made, however, as they will be talking about the upcoming TLC show this Sunday. Of course, they'll be live from Dallas, Texas, if you will, at the American Airlines Center. Of course they will be returning in Dallas for the second time this year, earlier this year. WrestleMania thirty two was held there, of course, as you know, in Dallas and of course, it was the biggest crowd in history that saw over a hundred thousand people invade Big D, if you will. Uh, I would imagine they're going to have a big crowd on hand again this week in Dallas. Of course, as you know, uh, they are looking forward to the big main event, of course, involving AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose. Then, of course, on Monday, we will be talking more about the aftermath of TLC, if you will, on uh, Raw Radio. The ID's ID is one three eight pounds Of course, join John, myself, Gerard, and the gang, as we will be telling you about that, and getting set up a roadblock, as well as some surprises as well. So you might want to check that out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, coming up uh, this week, however, on Raw Radio, if you will. Uh, with that said, of course, also don't forget tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, at 1 p.m. Howard, you can check out the Power Hour, of course, with a very special edition of the Power Hour. The caller ID is 141364-POUND, and that will be getting underway just after 1 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. So you might want to stay tuned to that. All right, with that said, let's go to the next match. Uh, we got match number four next on the docket. What do we got as far as match number four?
0: The next match is a singles match for the WWE Women's Championship. It was 7 minutes and 31 seconds. It was Michelle McCool with Layla, defeated Mickey James.
1: Yes, and uh, Michelle McCool, we know, of course, is the wife of the dead man, a.k.a. the American badass, the phenom, on the dead man, Mark Calloway. Of course, Layla, of course, better known as Layla L. She used to be a cheerleader for the Miami Heat basketball team. Mickey James, of course, just a few weeks ago, we saw her back in the WWE for a one night appearance appearing as she took on Oscar, of course, at Toronto's NXT TakeOver special. Uh, to me, this match was probably not one of my favorites of the night. This was one of my least favorite matches of the entire program. I thought it could have been better. Uh, your thoughts about this one?
0: Yeah, I thought it could be a little longer, a little bit better, yeah. I agree. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. And certainly, of course, uh, we saw... What they've gone on to since then of course Mickey James doing her own thing now of course last we heard she's been she got married i believe she became a mother believe it, and i believe uh also she's been working on her uh music career if you will of course coming out with two albums one of them titled strangers and angels the other one called somebody's got to pay as we mentioned ladies and gentlemen uh, a couple years ago she and uh uh wrestler Nick aldis better known to you all as Magnus, welcomed their first child a few years ago named Donovan Patrick. She then got engaged shortly thereafter and as a result a year ago, uh this month, however, got engaged, believe it or not, or excuse me, married to Aldis, believe it or not. So uh they have one child so far. There has been talk, however she might be uh having another down the road. Also we understand she is uh uh, spent time on her farm in Virginia, where she owns three horses, believe it or not, named Bunny, Casanova, and Rhapsody. So she's become quite successful, involving her uh, outside in-ring career. However, if you will, of course, uh, she is, uh, believe it or not, only 37 years old. She just turned 37, I should say, this year, and uh, as a result, still wrestles from time to time on the independent scene. But more often than not, she spends more time as a an, uh, singer and also. Doing work with animals. So that is very cool to say the least. All right, what do we got next?
0: Next up on the docket is the tables match for the WWE Championship. It was 16 minutes, 19 seconds. Seamus defeated John Cena.
1: Yes, and at the time, Sheamus was just debuting into the WWE when this happened. A lot of people, nothing think John Cena, who had just been around for quite a while at the time, was going to get knocked down by a rookie like Sheamus, but Sheamus showed that night, however, that he meant business and he wasn't fooling around. However, as a result, he picked up the win, as you said. Uh, to me, this was a pretty good match. I was a little surprised at the ending, but overall, I thought this was a fairly entertaining match. Your thoughts about this one?
0: I always been a fan, a fan of Sheamus and uh I thought it was a pretty good matchup.
1: Yes. I would agree there. I would agree there. All right, on to our next match. What do we got? Number 6. Number
0: 6 on the dock. It is the chair's match for the World Heavyweight Championship. It was 13 minutes 14 seconds. It was The Undertaker defeated Batista.
1: Yes, and we know that these two have had history in the past with Leonard. Of course, The Taker, there's been some talk he might be coming back early next month at the Royal Rumble. We'll have to wait and see what happens, obviously. Uh, Batista, of course, as you know, has gone on to bigger and better things since uh, leaving the WWE the last time. Uh, the last we heard, uh, Dave, of course, has appeared uh, in movies such as Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2 and 1. Uh, He is also coming out with the new Kickboxer movie called Kickboxer Retaliation, and also the remake of Blade Runner, should I say the sequel to Blade Runner, the 1982 Harrison Ford action-packed thriller sci-fi movie, however, called Blade Runner 2049. In fact, that movie is coming out, I'm looking at it right now, next October, believe it or not, in which he will be starting along with Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling. And, of course, Kickboxer, as we mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, that will be coming out, I believe, next summer. Let me just double-check here. Um... Actually, it is now out on video, believe it or not, however. And, of course, it stars uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, as you know. And also, how about this name, folks? Mike Tyson. Yes, folks. Iron Mike Tyson is actually in the movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme and Batista. So there you go, folks. And, of course, as we said, he will be coming out with early next year, uh, one of the bigger hits of the year. However, of course, last year, or should I say earlier this year, I should say, he came out with Kickboxer Vengeance, referring to... um, Batista, uh, he, where he played Tong Po. Uh, he started, of course, a few years ago in the big hit, Guardians of the Galaxy, known as Drax. Of course, that became a big, big hit at the box office, grossing over $773 million, believe it or not. And so not only him, but it also started Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, better known to you all as uh, uh, I forget what was his name in The Hangover. Uh, I should know this. I've I, I watched that movie so many times. Uh, he was known in the movie as Hangover as uh, Phil, I believe. I think it was Phil. Uh, I think it was Phil. I can't remember. I'm trying to think here. Uh, But, of course, he is also uh, also starred in that movie uh, with Chris Pratt and uh, other actors, including Glenn Close and John C. Riley. of course, as we said. They will be making a sequel to that movie coming out next May, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe it's going to have the same cast again, including... Vin Diesel, in fact, yes, I'm looking at the uh, trailer right now. In fact, the only one name that has not popped up, power is John C. Riley. Instead, Kurt Russell will be appearing in that. So it will be Kurt Russell, Glenn Close, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Chris Pratt, all returning once again into, uh, let's just say, going into the Galaxy 2. And, of course, as you know, it will be released next May on Cinco de Mayo Day 2017. So I think that's going to be another big hit for Disney. Of course, prior to that, following that, of course, they will be coming out with Pirates of the Caribbean 5. So we got some pretty good movies coming out next spring, folks. So you might want to check that out. And, of course, if you're a big Batista fan, you also might want to check out some of his work. Of course, like I said, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of his big hits and turned out to be a very big, successful film for him. And I would imagine this one will be as well, hopefully. All right, we're on to our semi-main event now. And with that said, let us tell you what the semi-main event was right now. The singles match, 13
0: minutes, 11 seconds. Randy Orton defeated Kofi Kingston. Is this when Kofi painted Randy Orton's car?
1: Yeah, I think it was a few weeks before that on Raw that led to this. Yes, I remember that because uh, this was one on Raw, I remember. I think it was a few weeks before that or the week leading into the show. Yeah, because I remember Kofi was really against Randy for some reason because Randy had taken out, I think, one of Kofi's friends, and he decided to take uh, redemption on him. By uh, somehow, some way, uh, yeah, by um, painting his car. You're right. Yes, I think that happened. I think it was the night after Survivor Series, or the week before. It, actually, here it is. Actually, this is what happened uh, on the November 30th of Raw. Kingston was scheduled to fight Orton in a singles match, but was ambushed by Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr. before the match began, and the match was hence hence was too weak to offer a fair match with Orton. The following week, Mark Cuban booked was the guest host and booked Kingston to another match with Oren with Cuban serving as the guest referee. Oren, of course, however, somehow was counted down in a fast count by Cuban, and then as a result, however, Cuban said, however, them tied at one, how they would have to sell their differences at TLC. But I think it was the week before this, however, uh, as I mentioned, the night after Survivor Series is whenever... Uh, Kofi either painted the car, however, or maybe he did it a couple weeks prior to Survivor Series, but I do remember that very well, yes. Uh, Your thoughts about this one?
0: Uh, It was a very good matchup.
1: Yes, it was. And like I said, folks, uh, a very interesting show, to say the least, and Like I said, folks, it's only fitting how our, like I mentioned already, they'll be back in Texas this week, of course, coming up once again. Uh, This Sunday, they will be in Dallas, of course. Monday night, they will be in Austin, the home of the Longhorns. And then next Tuesday, they return to King Booker's hometown. Yes, folks, the five-time, five-time, five-time WCW World Champion a multiple-time tag team champion, if you will, however, Booker T. Of course, in two weeks, they will be in Philadelphia, of course, uh, Monday the 12th, and then Tuesday night the 13th, a week from Tuesday, folks. They will be in Washington, D.C., and it will be a very special show on the 13th because that will be the night to the Tribute to the Troop show. Yes, folks, the Tribute to the Troop show, I believe, will either air that night, live from the nation's capital, if you will, that Tuesday night, or it will air the following night, Wednesday the 14th, ladies and gentlemen, from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. So you might want to check on that and uh, let us know about that, or if you have any updates on that. We'd love to hear from you now on that, ladies and gentlemen. one 444 7044 call ID 139926, ladies and gentlemen, and we will take you on with us at least for the next half hour or so and give you our thoughts about TLC and whatever wrestling questions you want to ask right now here on a very special Friday night edition of Wrestling Reviews. Start your weekend off with a bang hour by listening to us right now. All right. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's now go to the main event. And here's what our main event was this week.
0: The main event on the docket is tables, ladders, and chairs match for the tag team tag team championship. It was 22 minutes, 32 seconds. Yes. Generation X, Triple H, Shawn Michaels defeated Jericho, Show, Chris Jericho, and Big Show.
1: Yes, and of course, as we mentioned, folks, Shawn Michael, of course, how fitting it was in his hometown of San Antonio, team up with his good friend and fellow clickmate, if you will, and DX partner, if you will, the game, the COO, Triple H, of course, who's been out of action for quite some time and who we last saw uh, a few months ago, ladies and gentlemen, in Houston, Texas, helping Kevin Owens win the universal title on this night, Howard, here in San Antonio, here at the first ever TLC, team up with his fellow uh, Generation X mate, if you will, taking on the team of Jarrett show, if you will, Chris Jericho, and Big Show. Uh, your thoughts about this one?
0: Uh, I thought this was a great matchup.
1: Yes. And I think this was one of the only few times, I believe, also in TLC history, I think, if I'm not going have to check my uh, notes here again, uh, I think this was one of the few times they had a tag team matchup to close out the show. I think this was one of the very first few times and one of the only times they would do a tag team match to close out TLC. So uh, this was a very interesting match. I would agree. This was one of the better matches of the evening. This was actually one of my favorite matches of the evening, if you will, next to the uh, Christian Benjamin match, if you ask me. Overall, I thought it was a pretty good match. I would agree. No question about it. and It was very entertaining. And like I said, they gave him a lot of time. So uh, it was definitely exciting to say, at least and the fans definitely saw a very, very fun affair to close out the show. So, There you go, folks. Uh, A very good way to close out 2009, begin 2010. Of course, uh, as the saying goes, how 2009 uh, ended with a bang, so to speak. In 2010, of course, as I mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 2010. When I think of 2010, obviously, I think of the movie that came out uh, back in 1984, almost 32 years ago, called 2010, the year we made contact. Well, they definitely made contact Start out 2010 here as we close out 2009. I'm looking at the poster right now. There's a picture of uh, The Undertaker, I think, uh, putting Edge through a table, believe it or not. Ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, the theme song for this show uh, was entitled Bullet Soul by, by the group Switchfoot. Of course, Switchfoot, as you know, is uh, an American an alternative rock band from San Diego. They've been around since 1996. So they had a chance to do uh, the um, theme for this show which was entitled, as I mentioned, Bullet Soul, and it definitely uh, shook up uh, the audience, let's just say, here in San Antonio. Here, And, of course, uh, it was a very fun uh, time to watch this show and very entertaining. So uh, overall, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'm going to give this show about 6.5, close to a 7. What would you give this one?
0: I'm going to give it a 7.
1: You're going to give it a 7, okay. Well, like I said, folks, this was a very, very historical moment. Of course, uh, I'm sure we're going to have more historical moments coming up this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. As I keep telling you, of course, uh, don't forget, also, ladies and gentlemen, in two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, this, that's right, folks, two weeks on this Sunday, Roadblock, The Road Begins to the Royal Rumble, will be taking place live on pay-per-view on the WWE Network from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And, yes, yours truly, the Iceman, will be attending that show, believe it or not. You so already got his tickets. It is also going to be a very fun night. Of course, uh, already some of the matches that have been discussed include the following. uh, Seth Rollins versus Chris Jericho, Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. I would imagine we're going to have more uh, to talk about after uh, Monday night, of course, this coming Monday, of course. But uh, so far, folks, like I said, we've only got two matches listed so far. Um, I don't know what else they've got on the docket. I have heard some talk that they could be doing, uh, mind you, however... There has also been talk that they might be doing, possibly, maybe, I can't confirm yet if this is accurate or not, a women's match between Sasha Banks, of course, the new women's champion, the boss, if you will, from Boston, who won the title from Charlotte Flair this past Monday night in Charlotte, North Carolina, which was a great match once again between those two, taking on either Nia Jax or possibly uh, someone else. Uh, There has been talk that Charlotte Flair might be taking on Bailey, and if that is the case, we could see Sasha Banks be taking on Nia Jax. Again, uh, we will let you know more about the card, ladies and gentlemen, in the next couple weeks, of course. uh, Be sure to check us out on Monday. We will definitely let you know if we hear any updates on that. Uh, Some other news to report, however, in the world of wrestling right now, as we are looking at the latest uh, wrestling scuttlebutt right now, of course, as you know, Uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen. Impact, of course, we just... uh, I just saw it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you heard this or not, Gerard, but there is talk that next Saturday night... That's right, folks. Next Saturday night, John Cena, believe it or not, will be hosting SNL. So John Cena will be returning to Saturday Night Live, ladies and gentlemen, next Saturday night as he is set to um, be on uh, the special guest host. Also, ladies and gentlemen, after hitting uh, 336,000 viewers last week, however, mind you, however and having a tough time for Thanksgiving audience members. A week, Two weeks ago, I should say, TNA went back up a little bit this week to about 338,000 viewers, however, so they kind of improved their rating just a little bit last night. Um, also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have been talking about this for most of the year, however, a couple times this year, and we have now gotten an update, however, ladies and gentlemen, on a particular wrestler, however, who is right now in very poor health it has been in poor health, ladies and gentlemen. And uh Gerard, you're not gonna believe who it is, however. It is, is Jimmy Schnooker. It is Jimmy Schnooker. Yes. According to reports today, this is what I just saw a few minutes ago, P.W. Insider has reported that while the case has not been dismissed, it is expected that Jimmy Schnooker will be determined to be mentally incompetent to stand in trial for charges of involuntary manslaughter and third degree murder. Of course, to the charge them on the 1983 death of his then-girlfriend Nancy Argentinio. Judge uh, Kelly L. Banach wants copies of Schnuka's medical records from the past six months before making the official ruling to review them. Sarah Casey revealed the news on Twitter this afternoon, and she is the reporter inside the courtroom to cover the case. Banach said that Schnuka has been diagnosed with terminal stomach cancer, and he's not expected to live beyond the past next six months, according to a hospice doctor. He was not present, though, at today's hearing, referring to Schnuka testing by FaceTime. However, he said he didn't even remember talking with the judge the last time he was in court. He was taken to an emergency room just this past um, – the 28th was Monday, correct?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Monday, and is not healthy enough to travel. His lawyer has said that he has had several infections prior to his hospitalization due to hysteria and delusions on said infections. Uh, as a result, of course, this past August, as we all know, prosecution defense attorney Robert Kerlin said asked for a dismissal. However, the judge announced late this afternoon, early this evening, to see if Snooker's mental health has improved or if there would be new evidence to decide if he was fit to stand trial. Neither the scenario has happened. Uh, Gerard, this is very, very tragic and very heartbreaking to hear this news. It is.
0: It is. Uh, you know, after 32 years. Uh... You just let it go Now he's like sick He's dying Yes just let it go And let him die in
1: peace Yes Yeah I, I would I would have to I hate to Agree with those words But yeah I would agree too And all of us Would like to extend Our deepest thoughts uh, Not only to Schnuka, uh, But to his family And friends Who have been close to him Over the years Including uh, His daughter Tamina uh, I believe his uh, Nephews The Usos uh, One of his other relatives uh, Nephews uh, Roman Reigns uh, we would just like to say we're all thinking of uh, your uh, relative there, the great Superfly Snook. I can remember the first time I watched him as a kid. I mean, I was like eight or nine years old. This was like, like not 1984, I remember watching. This was a few months after he had the infamous uh, dive off, heard around the world. Let's just say I've heard around the world. I almost said dive around the world. But it was the dive around the world, too, because uh, at the time it happened, no one had ever done it before. And that was, of course, back in October, of 1983 against the legendary rock Don Morocco, who at the time was, I believe, led by Captain Louis Albano, another Hall of Famer. And, of course, uh, speaking of Captain Lou, of course, Captain Lou managed to back in the day and later feuded with him, of course, in the 80s. Uh, Snook, of course, also was a big instrumental part in the very first WrestleMania. And the only WrestleMania up until... Uh, up, uh, one of the few WrestleManias he was in in his career, of course. The other one happened six years later, excuse me. Uh, when he became the first victim of The Undertaker, if you will, in the so-called streak. But uh, he was a part of the first WrestleMania by being a uh, bodyguard slash uh, manager assistant to Hulk Hogan and Mr. T against Roddy Piper, Cowboy Bob Orton, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff in Madison Square Garden. Uh, certainly, just like we said, how I mean, I, we hate to be mean-spirited here in saying this, but uh, yeah, I think it's time for him to just... Uh, if he's if he's gonna go, you might as well go now. However, I'm not being mean by
0: saying what I said. No,
1: and I'm not. I'm not being, right. No, I that's, I understand what you're saying, and I'm and I'm not trying to be mean by saying this either. But if the man's suffering, and they just want to continue to harp on this, like they have been harping on this for most of the year, for a good while, most of this year, however, then just let the man die in peace. You know, just let the man die in peace. I know what you were saying, and I'm I'm being mean by saying it either, but. We're definitely keeping our thoughts and prayers with the Superfly, but right now it is not looking very promising, and it's not looking very uh, good at the moment. However, uh, we will keep you up to date if we hear anything new in the weeks and months to come. However, if we hear anything new throughout the weekend, we will definitely pass on to you. But this is just this is just gut-wrenching to hear this news. This is just really just like a blow-blow to the stomach, if you will, because uh, most of us grew up with – guys like superfly and we idolized them and now it's just a shame that he it's just a matter of time now it could be that we could uh, lose another great legend in superfly Shook. I mean we've lost too many of them already over the years like rick rude roddy piper owen hart and some of these uh were on accidental and some of them were not accidental you know and it was just heartbreaking to see some of them leave us too soon case in point within the last year or two i mean this year we've had a lot of also outside of wrestling tragedies with uh famous uh musicians such a case in point like uh David Bowie. You know, it's 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 been a very strange year to say the least so far. And we're not done yet. I mean we still got less than twenty nine days to go until two thousand six seventeen I'm two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen I meant to say. But it has just been really, really crazy. So we will definitely be keeping our eyes and ears peeled on the Superfly story. Uh as we said, ladies and gentlemen Uh, let's just say. Uh, Coming up tonight, ladies and gentlemen, here on Revolution, which you will be hearing here in less than 30 minutes from now, we will talk more about TLC. Uh, We'll also be talking about uh, giving, we'll of course uh, play back for you some of the stuff that we talked about over the past week, including Monday Night Raw. Uh, One thing I did see, Gerard, this is kind of interesting, however, there's a couple other big stories I heard. Uh, One of them, however, involves Santino Moreau. In fact, Santino, the former WWE, uh, Russell is now teasing to move into acting. Of course, as we know, he appeared in the jingle all the way to two TV uh, movie made uh, movies starring Larry the Cable Guy, I think it was, however, just a few years ago. And there was also talk, yeah, in fact, right now, how are WWE Legends, how they could have one more match? In fact, I'm looking at this report from Larry Zonka, however, and uh, right now, in fact, recently Santino. Said, however, in an Instagram photo earlier today, look out, Hollywood, this 42 year old is coming to get you. So Santino's trying to get his uh, foot in the door in acting again. Apparently, he didn't do too bad in the Jingle All the Way 2 sequel a few years ago. Uh, could we see uh, another film, maybe possibly Al Santino, either on video or maybe right in the theater? I mean, what's your take?
0: Yeah, I'd say he's a pretty good, he was a really good entertainer in WWE. He was like the comedy act. Why not? Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Oh, I would definitely agree. I, I mean, I think he has potential, no doubt about it. I would definitely agree. And looking at his picture right now, I mean, he looks like he's, he's, he's totally, I mean, he's still the same. He still has the same face and uh, still looks the same than he was the last time we saw him in WWE. I'm surprised they haven't brought back him back for a guest off appearance once in a while, but, uh, I know he's probably trying to get his foot in the door as far as acting goes. Speaking of uh, foot in the door and people want to have another match or two, uh, recently WWE posted the following video and they said that these five people, however, could be uh, returning to WWE if they decide to return. Uh, we mentioned Mickey James, obviously, but another couple of people include uh, The Great Collie, uh Scott Steiner, uh, Victoria Vladimir Kozlov, besides Mickey James, and uh, also uh, Batista. Uh, what's your take of this?
0: Uh, yeah. Most of them would probably be. I don't know if Scott Steiner, unless he calmed down a lot.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. He's
0: very, you know. uh Falls out. He, you know, yeah. he says a lot of stuff, and if he can calm down his attitude, I'd love to see him back. Cause I'm a big Scott Steiner fan. Yeah. Um I know yeah. there's not a lot of people that like him because they thought he was an asshole or whatever. But uh, maybe he was. But hey. That's how you, you do business sometimes, but uh, I, oh yes, I'd love to see them. I'd love to see them all back. Why not, right?
1: Sure, yeah, no question about it. I mean, Scott, I would agree about Steiner. I mean, Steiner has gone off the deep end at times. We know that for a fact. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he, uh, has, over the years, however, has been – a loose kin both inside and outside of the ring with certain fans, certain uh writers, certain uh media personnel, if you will. Uh it was just a year ago I know for a fact they uh he was gonna try to show up at WrestleMania thirty one in California and they told him no you're not allowed, however, mind you and uh But now he's
0: got a restaurant opened up in Atlanta, I think. And maybe, I do
1: believe. I'm yeah, I believe you're right. I, I saw a video of that. Yeah, I think it's a, like a rib joint or a, like a like a seafood uh, steak and seafood shop or something. Yeah, I did read something about that. Yeah. And uh, I know for a fact that uh, he tried to, I know he tried to get his brother involved with the restaurant too, involving Rick. Uh, I think fine. he
0: is involved. Uh, there was a picture, I think it was a couple of years ago now I posted. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Buff Bagwell, I think uh, they were all there for the opening. Yes. I think it's, I think it is Rick and Scott. I think not only yeah. I, I, I think you're right. Think, yeah,
1: that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, I believe you're maybe, right. I
0: think I think he did calm down maybe a little bit. Maybe he can come back for a couple of more matches. Like if these guys can't come back, well, they can't come back probably full time all these
1: right. Guys. Oh yeah, because be. they're a
0: little older now. But hey, if you can do uh, you know a couple of one offers or you know sure
1: a yeah if if, if if at WrestleMania if, if, or
0: something. right
1: if he, if he could come into like a WrestleMania shot like you said yeah or a one-off appearance I mean he can in some work with some of these guys, some of these guys he's probably heard from or watched them on T V uh while he's uh, been out he wrestling. He still
0: wrestles the Indies.
1: Yeah, I know I think it was well, I think it was what I think maybe a year ago I thought I heard that he was involved in some altercation in New York, however, I guess with Goldberg at City Field the Mets uh New York Mets baseball stadium. I think there was a show there that one night, and I think what happened was I think he went off on the deep end either against some young guy that he was fighting, and then Goldberg saved the guy's life from a further beatdown. Goldberg just literally beat the crap out of him right there in the ring, or the two of them got into a big uh, fisticuff brawl in New York. I heard something about that, I remember. But, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, if he can keep his temper in check, however, and really just find a way to really not – go off the deep end like he's done in the past, Howard, then yeah, he could do like some one-off matches guys with guys like maybe Seth Rollins, maybe Kevin Owens. I mean, it's a possibility.
0: Well, if he has he with Goldberg, maybe him and Goldberg could do like a, like a real, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Off.
0: They like to feed off of the real stuff like Eric oh, yeah. and, uh Flair, they had a heated, they hated each other but they still worked it uh, out in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yes. Edge certainly. and uh, Matt Hardy, you know, you could, and that's what people like, the real life stuff. If you yes. can beat it off in the ring, then it it sells better.
1: Oh yeah, no question, no question about. It. We'll be watching that. I mean, it'll be very interesting. Another thing I've just read a few minutes ago, ladies and gentlemen. Apparently, Stephanie McMahon has made some news. How after coming back from China this past week, as she was over there at a conference for the WWE, recently was talked about. In was interviewed by Forbes, and uh, one of the highlights in the interview, she said on her father receiving death threats. This was very interesting what she had to say. He was invading their territories and getting better TV coverage. He thought he had the better product, and ultimately he did, and they didn't take too kindly to that. He told me a great story about a threat from a notorious gangster and being in this room, this old hotel, with the dark wooden panel walls and this big oversized man with a very unattractive face. He was threatening my dad's life, and my dad was willing to stand up to him and all these different people to make his dreams come true. Hmm. Interesting. Your thoughts about that? Yeah,
0: that's pretty Interesting.
1: Well, you think about it, I mean, back in the day, I mean, when Vince took over the business from his father in the early 80s, I mean, he bought out a lot of territories. I mean, Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, Wrestling from Florida with Eddie Graham, Fern Gagne's Territory, uh, the Stampede Wrestling Territory up in your neck of in Canada, over there in Calgary. Uh, Who else did he buy out? I think he also bought out... uh, I think the pop Poff- He tried to buy out Angelo Poffo, Randy uh, Savage's father, at one time. I remember down in Kentucky, and that he also tried to buy out Bill Watts. But Bill Watts and Poffo, I think, were the only two guys that said, "No, you're not going to do that to us." And of course, Vern Gagne, we know about his story in the AWA. Of course, uh, he had a lot of guys who were uh, former WWE superstars and other superstars in other territories. But they also went on to uh, go on to the WWE or the w- WCW. I mean, case in point, like I mentioned, I mean Hulk Hogan. Uh, was one of those guys in the early 80s who jumped ship from uh, Minnesota to New York, of course. Uh, later on, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jesse Ventura, Adrian Adonis, who, of course, also come back later in his latter years. I mean, when well, he still had some life in him. However, before he tragically was killed in a car wreck in 1988, it wasn't. like 1986, 1987, he came back to the AWA for a brief spark. But for guys like Nick Bockwinkle and uh some of those guys who stayed loyal to the company till the very end however, I mean I think the one one of the few people that actually stayed loyal to the very end was actually Vernson, on Greg cuz Greg actually at one point was approached by WWE Rammor WCW I think it was like 1988 1989 they came up to him and they said hey would you like to make a jump power here and be part of the big league. He says, no, I want to stay loyal to my father, and he did. I think he stayed there till like, they finally shut the doors down in 1991. He was one of the few guys left that uh, closed out the joint. But for other guys who made the jump to Atlanta or New York or wherever territory you're in, however, that's kind of what uh, spelled the end. And uh, like I said, of course, Vince later on, of course, would go on to uh, – ...get his biggest success, of course, in the mid to late 90s, of course, by crushing WCW and Ted Turner, even though at first how it started out kind of shaky because Turner got the jump on him. Or actually, he got the jump on Turner, but he wasn't getting enough people to watch. And then, of course, once Turner took over the Monday Night Airwaves and started doing his own kind when he brought his Vince's former stars like Hogan, Savage uh diesel scott hall those guys from new york to come down south however then he knew he was going to be in for a fight but i think the turning point of the war and we've all talked about this many times not only in this show but all the other shows i think the real turning point of the war came towards the end of 1998 early 99 i mean that was about the time when goldberg had his streak going at 173 and 0 however he was facing big sexy kevin nash and we all know what happened there but i think once that starcade happened and the weeks following Starcade, I think it was really about the second week of 1999. I think we knew at that point that WWE was not going to go away. They started chipping away and chipping away WCW's lead in the Monday Night War. And finally, by the time the spring came of '99, and the first Austin McMahon Showdown went down, WCW just thought, "We're hey, we're right now. I mean, we're barely hanging by a thread here. We're just basically keeping our necks and noses intact, if you will, even though we're doing." pretty good right now, we're just barely hanging by a thread at this point, what can we do to make things better and uh, they couldn't you know, they really couldn't and I think once that happened and they saw guys like Jericho and Big Show and all those other guys go to Vince's company in New York, however, just like some of the other guys did later on down the road, however, in the years to follow, however, they just knew that they just went belly up let's just say. Well, I think it
0: was DX and the Attitude Era Oh yeah, WWE was doing like, uh, WCW was doing trying to doing the reality thing. Oh yeah. And, and WWE was doing the uh, like no balls. out. Like,
1: Jerry Springer type like, TV. Jerry Springer. Well, they fresh. were doing
0: whatever it took to get ratings, and they did. Sure. They oh yeah. Uh, they did it. Yep. They, uh, the DX man, I think DX. Yeah. Like they push. Pushed it over like they, yeah. they really helped out Vince and Vince didn't really want to because there's lots of interviews of Vince saying that he didn't want to you know do the DX thing and that, right because right. he kind of hated it at first because you know they're going out and telling people to suck it and oh yeah I, they did going their ass and doing whatever yeah. because yeah Hunter and HBK were bitter and right but then he he finally gave in and he says well this is working so we'll just go with it.
1: You're right. I agree, and he. I think the real, for me. The real interesting part came. I think really, like I said, and more. You're right, and I think once. I mean, the whole Nash left WWE the first time on bad terms to go down south or back down south. if you were, in like ninety six, ninety seven, and then Sean and Hunter didn't go with him, and Hunter had come by way of that company, even though they were struggling themselves too. Before they took off at Nitro, I mean, I think. Like you said, once they had like a rebel, sort of like a big, badass uh, guy who took no guff from anyone, like you mentioned, like the attitude there, like DX, like Austin, like Rock. I think once those guys were not pegged as cartoon characters, like they were straight by the book, uh, balls to the wall, no bullshit, no nonsense type guys – That's when Vince realized, hey, I can really make a charge here. I can really stick it to Turner in more ways than one. While he's putting guys like my old guys, like Hogan and Savage and Flair and those guys, are going, yeah, I mean, the one thing I will say WCW did have a somewhat slight advantage. We talked about these guys before, is the cruiserweight division. Because WCW, I think, had the best cruiserweight division out there at the time. WWE did not have much of a division at the time. The only guys they would have, I mean, they weren't bad guys, don't get me wrong. They had guys like Takam and Jinoku, Brian Christopher, Christian, and so on. But WCW, you could go all over the world to get cruisers You could get guys like Eddie Guerrero, Shinzo Otani, uh, Ubuntu Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Conan, Psychosis, Sequel uh, Pay. um... Malenko, all those type of guys. And they brought the Cruiserweights up. I think what just hurt WCW, and I've said this many, many times on all the shows, is they kept pushing the same guys over and over again. They would stuff down your throat three, four, five weeks on a show. However, Hulk Hogan this week will take on Kevin Nash, or the Outsiders will take on the Horsemen. Meanwhile, WC, the WWE would put on guys like Brock and Austin, which is fine, but they would also change it up once. Or they would uh, make things once in a while, like a very special can't mismatch, like the women's match, however, for instance, like a women's match, you can say, oh, this week we'll put Lita teaming up with uh, this diva here, or this woman superstar here taking on two women here, or they'll do, uh, like I said, they'll get away with some of the X-rated stuff that they'll do, however, in any of their shows, however, and the thing is, they didn't have, like, a three-hour show. They had two hours, but like I said, When they were going up against WCW and Monday Night Football, however, they had people flipping the channel. And that was one I, I did. I know you did. I know everyone else probably did it too. But back then, even outside of football season, however, they still found a way to keep you on the edge of your seat. I mean, they did stuff that WCW would not allow. I mean, take, for instance, like you just mentioned, DX, the incident when they invaded the scope that night. I mean, there was talk that originally Bischoff said, however, and even remember Bischoff even said, however, it would have been great to have a DX come in. But I don't think maybe Turner was for it at the time, because I think because of what had happened years before in the falling out between him and Vince Howard, he would allow. But had that happened, that would have been great. I think that would have been a great moment. And even Nash and Hall and all those guys said that would have been a great moment. But instead, Turner stayed stayed true to his guns. He told Bischoff and his producers, hey, it's my way. You're doing it this way. You have to listen to me. And sure... Bischoff may have listened to Turner, but at the same time, however, he just felt, however, that, uh, I'll just keep doing what I want, however, I have to listen to my boss, however, Vince is not going to beat me, I'm still the king of the world, well, guess what, the king of the world found, at the end of the day, however, you crash and burn very easily, and that's what happens. so, there you go, but,
0: and I just want to say one thing, Triple H, uh, the, the curtain call, or whatever, yes, uh, he got, uh, he got the shitty end of the stick because, uh, and I'm surprised he stayed because uh, money was greener on the WCW side. Oh I yes, definitely. I was just,
1: I was about to bring that up. Yeah, you you that's a very good point. Yeah. Oh, well, because
0: he, uh, you know, Hall and Ash left. Uh, mm-hmm. HBK was a champion, so the only guy to take the to take the slack was Hunter, and he got. Rip, man. He got jobs oh, for yes, uh, I don't know how long. Six
1: months. I'd say about, about six months to a year it was close, he said. I remember it was in I think he said in the Thigh Kingdom Cun kind of TV, he said it was about six months to a year, yeah, he said, he said that, yeah, there were times Fitts told him how, you're just going to eat shit and like it for the next six months to a year, and you're going to have to pay for this. I mean, yeah, he got the raw end of the stick. I agree. I agree 100%. But at the end of the day, how I think... You look back on now, 20-plus years later, I still would I mean, if I was him, however, or if I was, like, one of those guys, however, I would have done the same thing. I don't care if my boss would have said to me, you know what, even though this is your last day, however, however, if you want to do it, however, I'm all for it. And it, at first, it seemed like he was on board with that. I mean, he even said, I mean, if Hunter talked about and some of the other guys mentioned that originally, that Vince said it was okay. But the guys who really got slapped or really, punched in the gut and, like, again, punched in the gut and slapped in the face were the old school guys like Jim Ross, uh, the Briscoe Brothers, Jake Michael the Snake. Jake the Snake was another guy. Yeah, I remember Jake the Snake. Said he was uh, totally
0: Stone Cold was, uh, he was on, I think I watched, uh, how was it? Oh, I know what it was. It was a Monday Night uh, War thing.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I think Stone Cold got on there and he said that was terrible. But, I, uh, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, because yep. you know, we all all us wrestling fans, you, me, Chad, mm-hmm. everybody, uh, John, we know sure. we know the difference, you know, they're good guys, bad guys, they go in sure. the back of a yeah. beer after whatever. Yeah. But you don't usually do that on T V, but the show that on and it wasn't aired on T V but a lot of I people I guess took uh, video of it or Oh whatever.
1: yeah, and I know I know on YouTube one guy who has video camera photos, yeah, of the whole show. But you know what though? It was four guys, and, and, and it's only even they talk about it on the quick DVD too. It was four guys however, who just wanted to say goodbye because they'd be traveling together. They worked out together. They roomed together. They did shit together. They were like the Animal House of the WWE back then. When you they think were
0: about they were brothers. They took the care of to their-
1: and, they, and, and you they, know,
0: and even after yep. they were gone on Nitro yep. uh, and on Raw, they would do the the click symbol. Yeah, they would always. And,
1: and they never got hell for that. They never got even. Even Bischoff didn't care about it. Vince didn't even care about. It. The only thing Vince was sore about is what he got sore about is when they showed that video. I mean, I think it was sometime right before Bret Hart left. In the, I think it was the fall of Yeah, sometime in September, October that year, I remember. They kept showing that video a couple of times on Raw. But when they first showed it, however, Vince felt a little upset and slighted because he even later talked about it, and I remember Hunter said something about that. Vince was appalled they would show that video again. But you know what, like you said, they were brothers, they did everything there, and even when they were in separate companies, they would still stay in touch with other. They would always find a way to just give each other an edge, and they they didn't care. And like I said, Hogan didn't say anything about it, I don't think, unless he uh, went to Bischoff and said, hey, Nash and Hall are doing this, and then he maybe uh, warned him got warn about this. Uh, but he never spoke up about it because he knew his place, because he was always being the top guy. But for guys like Hall, Nash, and the other guys, some of these guys didn't care. But it was some of the mid carters that got a little peeved and cheesed about. But you know what? Like I said, it doesn't matter. I mean, there were four guys having fun. They did everything together. They worked out. They did what they wanted to do together. And they I changed everything as we know it. I mean, for the longest time, I mean, up until that time, wrestling was in the shit house. No pun intended. I mean, yes, the Monday night shows had just started. That was great. It was good to see Monday night television come alive, with not outside of football, with putting wrestling back on in prime time, and that's what made it exciting. However, because for the longest time, I mean, if there had been no prime time either t- by either company, I guarantee you that uh, it would have just. It would have died a slow death to say the least. Yeah,
0: and another thing that uh, I think call I think call did it first. Sure. Guaranteed guaranteed contracts. Now Vince has them too now.
1: Yeah. So the they're, wrestlers they're...
0: don't have to worry about
1: you know right. if you get injured
0: or mm-hmm. whatever, you're guaranteed the money. Yeah. Um they didn't have that. And I've seen it oh, I think it was uh JBL's interview with yes. uh Yes, it
1: was, yeah. JBL talked to Hall and Nashville, yeah, because they spoke about that. Yes, that's right. Yes, they did. And
0: that's it true. was, uh, they, uh, what the hell did he say? I think it was like, it, there wasn't very much money for each match. No. Get when you go out, right? And then right. if you got injured, yeah. you'd be pretty well screwed because you'd have to sit home without any money. But now if you get injured, you sit home with money.
1: Right. Yeah, and and that's one thing that changed everything. You're, I was just going to bring that up, too. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember, I think it was, well, Hall was the first to jump before Nash decided to jump back. I remember Hall talked about, I think uh, Scott said, however, I mean, Scott said it best in a couple of the DVDs that I have, and he said it on a couple of things, I remember. He said, you're either in this business to make friends or to make money. Well, he said, well, I've got friends, so I like to make the money. and And he did. And I remember when he first told – I think the thing that I still get cheesed off about, and I think you'll agree to this day, is why Vince – I mean, maybe it was because Vince knew in the back of his mind Hall was going to go back to WCW, why Vince never put Hall on WrestleMania 12. I I don't get that. I mean, I understand maybe it was because of the suspension he had probably, but part of me also tells me at the same time, it was part of me saying – he knows that Scott Hall is probably leaving. He hasn't told Vince yet, but he's going to probably tell Vince eventually that he's leaving. And he did a couple weeks later. So he went up to Hall, or Vince. I guess they were somewhere on tour, I think it was somewhere on the East Coast, maybe it was somewhere, maybe in Europe. No, it was in the European Tour. It was the European Spring Tour, that year. I remember hearing a story about this now. Yeah, it was somewhere I think in Germany, or I think it was maybe over in Italy, I think it was, some, one night. Vince gets pulled aside by Hall, and Hall told him right then and there, hey, I'm out of here in six weeks. I want out. And uh, Vince is like, okay, if you want out, so be it. And then Nash, next thing you know, Kevin Nash goes up to him and he's like, tell him, and he tells Nash about what happened. And then Scott, Kevin's laughing he's thinking, oh, this has got to be a joke. This is a mistake, hour." And Scott's like, no, this ain't no joke. Look how much I'm getting. He's and so, they
0: showed him his contract. And then, see, back in the day, you'd never do that to your friends. You'd no. Never God, no. They, never. Never. But, but when they got, that's what they would do. And they, they didn't even do that in the WBF days, I heard. on the, I think the Click DVD. Yeah,
1: um, it was on the They yeah. get in the
0: car, Scott's like, hey, how much did you make? I made 6000 He's like, I made $2,000. Right. Go to the yeah, box, exactly. Them, uh, you want more money. Yeah, and that's what they did. And I guess everybody—they were so bonded, and they were so together, and everybody
1: like mm-hmm. hated them. Oh yeah, and, and one of the people who was bitter about it, obviously it was Bret Hart because he would hear about it not just from the guy from them, he would hear from other guys who were close with them. And he's like and, if it's like, and he's, and Brett's bitching and whining, gritching and saying, oh, I should be this and that. I was the champion for you for so long, Howard. Now you got Shawn as the champion, and he's making this much bank, and you're giving me still this amount of bank. But you're right, Howard. They would never say anything or speak out about their contracts. And then, like I said, when Hall showed, uh, Nash's contract, how much he was getting from Bischoff, he then might said to him, out. he's like, Well, if he's going to get that, I might as well go to him too. So, next thing you know, he goes up to Vince. This is like maybe, yes, yeah, about two weeks before the In Your House show. I remember this because I think they said this. He goes up to Vince and says, However, he says, What can I do to make you stay? What can I ask you to do to make you stay with me and not make a mistake like Scott's doing by going back to WCW? And Kevin said, "Give me more money," and Vince just stood steadfast. said, like, no, I can't do that, and I can't blame that Kevin in this case. But at the same time, he's just
0: having a kid and everything, so yeah, you can't really blame him. Like, no, uh, like hmm. with no. the business, you know, like uh, did he sell out? Uh, no. Well, no, he didn't. Uh, Scott said he did, but uh, he didn't really. Because- I'm not
1: being mean by saying this. I don't think Kevin sold out, per se, and I don't think Scott sold out. At the end of the day, I just think they both wanted to explore their options. Because at the time, other than WCW, what else was there? There wasn't much to go on. There was ECW- nothing. No. ECW really had not taken off into the stratosphere, as we know it just quite yet. They were still getting their feet wet on the ground with guys like Taz and Shane Douglas and those guys. So you had to look at one way or the other. You could stay in New York and be happy and be with your friends, or you could go back down south and work with new guys who had come by way of Vince's company, like Hogan and Savage and those guys. So it it just it was very interesting. And uh, that's one thing we'll have to discuss eventually down the road on a future episode of uh maybe uh the round table. I would love to discuss that on the debate with you and Michelle at some point. And I think we all would love to get our uh, opinions across the table on that. That would be a very big discussion. I think we can discuss maybe possibly this next week. Well, on that note, folks, it is now 9 o'clock here on this Friday night. However, right now we got a very exciting show coming up for you here in just a few minutes on the Revolution Show, 138055-POUND. I do want to thank King NWO's R. T. Smith for coming on the line tonight, and this is a rare Friday night for us all. Of course, a lot going down tonight, some big college football this weekend. Of course, going on right now, we've got the Pac-12 championship game just about to start here in California between Washington and Colorado. should be a great game tonight. Of course, we've got the Big 12 game tomorrow afternoon. We've got the ACC tomorrow night we got the Big Ten title game. We've got the SEC title game tomorrow night and then on Sunday, as we said, TLC, of course, as well as NFL football. We've got some bowl projections coming up around the corner. We're still uh, going strong here, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, tonight, who knows what we'll be discussing, but of course, we will be back on the air in just a few minutes. Of course, uh, we will be back in the saddle again next Tuesday night at our normal time again. Uh, we are so very happy you could join us here on this rare Friday night. So if you're looking to uh, listen to us, however, we'll be back in the saddle next Friday night, One seven two four 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 seventy forty four. caller ID, 139926, of course. That is the same number for all of our shows. Of course, our show uh, is the same number for coming up here in a few minutes on Revolution. The caller ID is 138055-POUND, though. We will be back in the ring with the latest news and updates here in just a little bit. Of course, we will talk to you in just a little bit. Have a great night. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we will talk to you soon. Good night, everyone.